Welcome to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In their series, Questions from Prison, Rich and Susan Kallenberg share 14 messages they teach to prisoners and answer their questions from within the walls of captivity. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom 18 years ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. Susan, you got that twinkle in your eye again today. Yes. What's up? Uh, We're here to talk about um, what we've been doing in ministry, and that's been going into Folsom State Prison. There's a a fairly new women's facility that we kind of got in on the ground floor, and we're able to go in and, and teach about addiction recovery and uh, the solution to that problem is always Jesus. Uh, big question. Yes. Is it, do you feel it's making a change? Uh, I, I have to trust that the Holy Spirit is making a change. Yes, I, I believe there's change being made. Have you, I know I have. I've seen uh, change in these girls. I, I'm, I'm really excited and um, it's encouraged. A, yeah, it's, that, it's interesting because every time we go in, uh, we come out... Uh, more energized in our belief in God than when we went in, if that's even possible. It's they have inspired us. The Holy Spirit has inspired us to have a deeper walk with the Lord because of of just seeing the lives that are being touched. Yeah, and, and uh, so how did this come about? What uh... Uh, the the facility opened in February of 2013, and and I believe in March I received a phone call. They were looking for some some women to come in specifically to to teach some information regarding Christian Christianity or addiction, and so I went in and trained with a chaplain for about six or eight months, and uh, got finally got my own clearance to go in, and then we both started going to, in together as a team. So we go in every Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. for two hours or so, and uh, our lives have have. Uh, Never been the same since. No, and we're going through a, a book called Steps to Christ, uh, Recovery Edition. And over the past year, we've gone through our workbook a couple of times, and uh, then we thought to change it up a little bit. And this this uh, Steps to Christ Recovery Edition is a uh, 14-week um, process. So once the, once the girls go through the 14-week process, they'll get a certificate and a chrono for their file saying that they've gone through the... Uh, through the course, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's really a good thing, right? Because the materials that we use um, definitely teach about the science and the uh, physiology of addiction, but ultimately, it's to t- it's to bring um, the Bible and spiritual things down to a an understandable level for how like how we learned, mm-hmm. and so we're just trying to communicate that information to them. And so if you want to get the book, you can give us a call at 916-645-1297. That's 916-645-1297. That's Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. And Susan, uh, before we get into the program here, would you uh, would you lead us out in a word of prayer? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to 
not only go into Folsom Prison, but to but to be on this radio program and to share that um, the truth about you will set us free. And so we pray that you will help us to have uh, the correct words to say and have just the right person listening in. And we thank you for your love and for your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, we asked the question last week, and we'll ask it again this week, what does it mean to be in prison? Or are we all there, in a sense, behind prison walls? And kind of the theme today for the, the program is, does Satan have anything to do with us being in prison? Now, we're in week two, and the title of week two is what? Help, I Need Jesus, and it's the sinner's need for Christ. If you're lost in your own misery, know that God delights in your recovery. You know, when I ask myself um, on a kind of a regular basis, and I'm sure after you've watched the news um, this year, and uh, you know, you ask, why is this world in such a mess? And... Uh, we have to go back because I don't think uh, I don't think we understand it unless we can go back. But it's because we've all had a heart change. We don't love God. Mm. Um, let's go back to the beginning. Okay. Well, in the beginning, we had Adam and Eve, and they were strong and perfect in mind and body. That's how God created them. They adored God, and they only wanted to please Him. But after they believed Satan's lies and disobeyed God, their minds became twisted. Trust. They broke trust. You know, if, if I was to commit adultery, I'm not just breaking a rule. You know, sin is not just breaking rules. Right. I've broken trust with my wife. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you know, I think of, of rules and why they're there. I mean, what would happen if you were a father and you had to gather your children around the breakfast table every morning and you had to say to Johnny... Johnny, I don't want you going into the playground today and killing anybody. And then you had to say to your daughter. Sally. Sally. I was going to say Susie, <laughs> but I'm going to say Sally. Sally, I don't want you stopping at the store on the way home and stealing anything. And then you had to say to your beautiful wife, please don't commit adultery today with the delivery man. Now, everybody go and have a nice day. Right. What would that say about the state of your family if you had to do that? Mm -hmm. It it would mean your family is in very sorry shape. Well, God has to tell us these things because this planet is in very sorry shape. And it's not that he wants to tell us that. It's just that he he has to, if you will, put the walls to the playpen up a little bit because if he was to let them all the way down, we'd run rampant. And we'd hurt each other. Mm-hmm. So he has to give us some guidelines, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. When I do bad things in regards to our marriage, I'm not breaking a rule. I'm breaking trust with my wife. Right. And when we do things against God and God's ways, we're following the enemy. We're breaking trust with our relationship with God. We're saying, I prefer this other person to have a relationship with the enemy. I wonder how that hurts God. It probably hurts him in, in ways that... that we can't imagine. And this happened to Adam and Eve. They trusted the serpent instead of God. They became afraid of God, and they activated a part of their brain, the fear part of their brain. And that, from then on, caused them brain damage. Remember, 
what did God say? Where are you, Adam? Did, 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 did God know where Adam was? Of course. Of course he did. But he said, where are you, Adam? And Adam said, I was naked and afraid, and so I hid myself. The day before that, he was walking with God, and he wasn't afraid. Right. But once he disobeyed God, once he broke trust, if I do something in our marriage that's not right, I... I've broken trust. It's hard for me to come face to face with you. I'm I'm afraid of the wrath of Susan sometimes, <laughs> you know, until we get it worked out. Adam was hiding from God because he knew he'd done something wrong. And he activated a part of his brain, the fear part of his brain. And, and when that part of your brain is activated, the logic and reason part of your brain isn't. They can't. They don't work together at the same time. You ever you ever been afraid and then somebody say, "Well, what are you going to do?" Well, I, I I I can't think right now. Right. I can't think. It's because the wrong part of the brain is being activated. Well, and I think that if you look at society today, uh, there are so many things that go on, and and we operate more probably from a state of fear than a state of trust. And so we're we're self reliant. It's self preservation exactly. because we're trying to save self all the time. Now now, did they have a dysfunctional family after that? Adam, oh yes. Adam and Eve. Huh? Oh yes. You know, what did Cain do? Right. First play of the game. That's some serious dysfunction, right? right? Um, so many times the prison topic comes up as to what is normal. Mm -hmm. You know, what is a normal life? Mm -hmm. Is it normal to do the things that you did to get you here? Or is that abnormal? Because we have to be able to tell the difference of, you know, what is right and what is wrong. And I think one of the things that the Holy Spirit does, and we like to talk about this, there's there's four stages. Uh, there's four stages in, in, in growth in, in becoming a new creature. And right. it happens in every aspect that God is working with you in your life because he works with you in many aspects I mean first he had to get me clean and sober that was one aspect to get me off the dope right mm -hmm. about a year later then he you know he said well you're witnessing for me but it doesn't really look that good with a cigarette hanging out of your mouth I mean you can if you want but I don't know so I, he said I need to I need to clean that up you, you are you in with me rich yeah yeah okay so we we quit smoking right and then then right down the line we the next thing you know, he says, well, you Rich, you need to clean your mouth up because uh, you, you're talking like a drunken sailor, and that's not really what I want from you. Okay, Lord. Well, and so we, we get together. But but how he does it, 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 it it's, it's still a mystery. Uh, I don't want to say a mystery. It's a miracle. You know, as we grow in our Christian experience, and, and Susan and I, I have both experienced it, we can, just like a farmer— just like a farmer that goes out and plows and plants and weeds and trims, all he can do as a farmer is encourage the growth. The growth is still a miracle. Mm -hmm. And all we can do in our Christian walk is do things to encourage the growth. But the growth is still a miracle. What do you got to do to grow weeds i don't have to do anything you do to nothing grow weeds. <laughs> so what do you have to do to grow bad character traits nothing nothing you just let yourself go right. but what do you have to do to grow good character traits the miracle to 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 encourage that growth that miracle it's work it is it's hard it work is. but the growth is still a miracle see the farmer cannot make that wheat or that tomato plant or whatever it is he's trying to go he can't make it grow but he can do things to encourage it. 
And I think that's one thing that, uh, that I've learned in the past couple of years is stop doing things to discourage the growth. Right, because God wants us to participate with Him. He wants us him. to participate. Because, do you want me to participate in our marriage? Yes. Or would you just like me to check out and just grow weeds between my ears? No. You know, no, that's not going to do it. No, that's not a relationship. So in the in the stages of growth, there's and and these are long words. So don't don't get too excited about the long words here. But these are the words that w- we use, and we'll explain them. You go through four stages: unconsciously incompetent, consciously incompetent, consciously competent, and unconsciously competent. Okay, well, what was all that? I wish I had a whiteboard right now. We could write them down and talk about it. It'd be a lot easier. But let's go to the first one because it's not that difficult to understand. Unconsciously incompetent. What does it mean? Go ahead. I like it. Go ahead. You're blowing it. it You don't know it. That's That's unconsciously incompetent. And we've all been there. We've all have issues. And until the Holy Spirit points them out or somebody points them out, hey, do you realize you do this Or, or whatever, until we realize that, we're just going along knocking things over and making a mess of our lives unconsciously incompetent right and quite possibly hurting ourselves and other people yes okay and then there comes to the next stage of growth consciously incompetent what is that you're blowing it but you know it. now now. you know it yes now you're aware of it right okay and that stage can last a long time but it's a frustrating stage because once you're you start to become accountable for what's going on. Right, because now you're aware. Yeah. Now so you you're aware. you can no longer just ignore everything. Yeah, you've, it, you've got to actually decide it, it's what like, to do. It's like the guy at the hardware store that had a that had a, a measuring stick that was 25 inches instead of three feet, and he thought he was selling everybody a yard a yard of fabric every time he sold every time he measured that out until somebody pointed it out to him. That's only 25 inches. Now he's accountable for that. Right. Before that, he was unconsciously incompetent. But now he's consciously incompetent until he does something about it. So God says, okay, here's your issue. What are you going to do about it, right? And then we, we have to decide the next stage. And that is, and that's where the work comes in. It is hard work, consciously competent. Right. Am I going to move forward? Am I going to move forward? Right. Or am I going to ignore it? And if you ignore it, you can go back into unconsciously incompetent. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to ignore it. You're going to say, God, I don't even have the desire or strength to deal with this. This is where God comes in. You've shown me what's right. Now you have to help me to overcome this because I don't even have the... Because most of the time we recoil Mm -hmm. when we're first shown that we're doing something wrong. We Mm -hmm. recoil, we justify, we get angry. I am not like that. If somebody, especially if somebody tells you, you know, that you're doing something wrong, do you realize you gossip, or do you realize this? And you say, I am not like that, and we march around. But then finally, we it settles into our brain that we've got to deal with it. Right. So now we say, God, and we pray every night, and we pray earnestly, and we pray in the morning earnestly. And let's take smoking. I know my battle with smoking was, I the Lord finally convinced me that I needed to quit that it was killing me, mm-hmm. you know, the coughing and everything. He finally convinced me. And once he convinced me, I then it was the fight to not reach for this pack. It wasn't in my pocket anyway, but I had the habit of reaching, the habit of fidgeting, the habit of, of wanting to light one up, and I became consciously competent. In other words, I wasn't smoking, but I was still acting like it, and I was still fighting the urge, mm-hmm. and everything I was doing was saying, it was saying, 
go ahead. Something was saying, go ahead and smoke. And something else was saying, no, don't smoke. And there was that battle. Right. So I was pulling it off, mm-hmm. but I was consciously aware that I was fighting something. Right. And that God was fighting me with it. And that's what got me through, that I was consciously aware that I had a partner I could trust in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part of, of the consciously competent that we can't leave out is now you've partnered up with somebody. You're not trying to do it on your own. You've partnered up with someone, and that Lord, he says he's going to work in you a miracle. He will do it. Right. And so then you come to the last stage, unconsciously competent. I don't think about smoking anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just talked about it now, but it's not on my radar screen. Right. Methamphetamine's not on my radar screen. I'm unconsciously competent now. It's a second nature. Right. And when we're in the prison, we we um, we meet and we uh, we we work with women who their um, actions have been so long ingrained. And I know because I was the very same way. They're so long ingrained that their natural response to some things are is always the wrong response. And so it's helping them to see how their physical and their spiritual and and um, emotional uh, makeup is all tied together and that a lot of times we do things purely out of habit. Right. It's and where the ruts are. Exactly. And so Jesus wants to come in and he wants to um, create in you that new creature. That clean heart, that new Correct. heart, then build some new ruts. And and that's what uh, I think where you especially resonate with them. They see a changed life. That mm-hmm. There's nothing more powerful than a changed life. And, and And when Susan tells her testimony in there and they say, you see the girls, they identify with that. And there's nothing more powerful than that. And it's it is actually uh, really rewarding to see them buy into that package, to buy into the to the hope. Well, and, you know, you you mentioned the word hope. And and a lot of times we discuss, you know, what what are what are the things that you're struggling with the most? And it's it's mainly their worth, their worth. Right. And 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 basically their lack of self-worth it it's a, they have a worthlessness in there because of their actions they've they've let their children down their parents down themselves down but you know what though the most exciting part is when we ask them the question um are you thankful that god stepped in to rescue you are you thankful that you're here in this facility and nearly every one of them raises their hand right nearly every one of them is thankful that god sat them down long enough for them to be quiet and stop and listen. He rescued them. He rescued them. From a from inevitable life separated from him, right? Not just not just from death, but from eternal separation from God. And so he comes in and he says, you know what, let's let's have a time out. And and they're grateful and that's what we encourage them is to do everything you possibly can opposite from what you've opposite done in the past. And that's the nice part about the facility, Folsom Women's Facility, yes. is they're ch- they are changing life. When you get a room full of girls that are happy they're there, even though they're locked up, they're happy they're there, that they're getting their education, that they're getting spiritual guidance, they're getting exactly what they need, and they know that they wouldn't have if they were still out there. They know that they would not have gone down that path. And, and there's women there that don't take advantage of the programs, and they still seem to be in that darkness. But I tell you what, the women that, that attend the programs that are provided there for say that, that they finally feel that they have a way out. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's very just encouraging. Just the hope of getting their dignity back, the hope of just, you know, simple things. Being able to uh, just look in the mirror and be okay with yourself. Right. You know, 
try to find a new a new thing that you can call normal instead of chaos you know are you addicted to drama are you addicted to chaos most of them are right we are you know and to calm all that down and to calm the brain down and be able to think clearly and and do things in an, in a non-dramatic fashion right. and, and it's about the heart change like you mentioned in the beginning because if our hearts don't change if we don't have new affections new hopes and new thoughts then we're never going to be happy with the one that created us we're, right we'd rather we we don't want to go in that direction so. right right and, and it's and the 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 heart change which we i don't know how that works i know it happened for me i was laying face down on my bed crying at the top of my lungs for god to help me and something happened something happened you know rich 41 years your way didn't work it's time to try in a new way you know kind of a thing i think it happens with everyone um and I just think for the for the girls in the facility, I'm really encouraged to watch the change, mm-hmm. to watch the heart change, and to be okay. Well, and, and you know the thing is, is too, is that I think that sometimes they look to us and they say, "Wow, your life is completely different and everything." But the fact of the matter is, is that uh, a lot of times we can go to church or we can be out in the population and we look, we're upstanding citizens. And All everything. shined up on the outside. Exactly. And in the inside, we can be broken and, and, and dark and filthy and everything else on the inside. And so. that's kind of the, 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 the theme of, of uh, what I kind of wanted to talk to about a little bit today was, was are, are we in prison inside? I mean, is the person walking down the road, that walking down the sidewalk that looks the most normal? the one that could be hurting the most right we don't know god knows god knows and so but one thing i respect about god the more i get to know him is he's not going to force us to be with him you i can't force susan to love me what kind of marriage would that be the thing is with god and with love and the way god runs his universe is the first thing that you give someone that you love you know what that is what is that it's the ability to hurt you and God has given all of us the ability to hurt him. And we have. We put his son on the cross. Mm-hmm. But he's willing to go through the hurt rather than to keep us locked up to say, look, at these are my children. I've got to keep them locked up, but they're my children. And I love them and they love me, but I've got to keep them locked up. That doesn't make sense. Right. God wants-, wants us to be free to love him and to choose him intelligently, to look at him and say, I... I want to do what's right because it is right because not not just because God made a rule but because it actually is okay or even if society tells you to do something you have to do it this way it needs to come to it you yeah. have to have that new heart yeah because that would be an abusive relationship God doesn't want to enter into any abusive relationship with anybody keep them locked up force them against their will any of that kind of stuff no he wants us to have the freedom to choose him or to choose something else other than him you know the words of hosea echo this very thing um god says i have loved you since you were a child but you turned away from me still i kept teaching you guiding you comforting you healing you but you didn't even know it was me i drew you to me with cords of love bending down to you gently feeding you but you refused to turn to me even though you kept being wounded how could I give you up? How could I surrender you or send you away? How could I let you be destroyed? I'm crying out, roaring like a lion, calling my children to return to me. 
God is chasing after man, and man is running from God. Think about God's kindness and his patience. What more could he do? How can we not run into the arms of God who loves us with such an amazing love? Let's return to the one who longs for our recovery so he can restore us and we can be with him forever. Um, the message of hope, and especially to those girls in prison, I'm sorry, you... Did, is, is that one question? Is that one question? Yeah. Do you want to be made well? Jesus asked the blind man before he healed him, do you want to be made well? That's every one of our question. Do we want to be made well? We want to be made well. Well, we're out of time. Next week, we'll head into week three of the book, Steps to, right, Re- Steps to Christ, Recovery Edition. If you'd like to get a hold of the book, you can give us a call at 916-645-1297. That's 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series Questions from Prison. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in addiction captivity. Whether behind walls or not, Rich and Susan are living testimonials and they've created this seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for someone you know or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Call 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.